Hi, welcome to the best thing you watched this week. Hopefully you've got some interesting things to talk about with us in the comments down below. Leave your thoughts. We love that. But this is another podcast slash youtube video um with the best thing that we watched this week we've got chris from movies and munchies myself from the ruby tuesday uh austin isn't with us unless he's there like with a, a ghost appearance somewhere um, but apparently he's going to be joining us again next week so he might pop up now and again uh loved having him last week but today you've got our glorious faces and we have some really interesting things to talk about uh chris you have a list and as i've talked about talked about talked a lot already i'm gonna ask you what's your first thing on the list all right my first thing is squid game on netflix it just dropped on friday and this south korean thriller almost slash horror game uh series is just absolutely bonkers um you know you take this this collection of people who are down on their luck and they then participate in a hunger games ish or, or like you referenced Ruben in your review. And I did too, um, mm -hmm. battle Royale, um, just style of just all out mm, gore and violence. And the games are designed, uh, to test people and the thing I think I loved, well, there are several things that I loved about this show, but one of them was the simplicity of the games that they introduce. You know, you have like red light, green light or tug of war or something like that. Just very basic child games. And they're able, the show takes these simple concepts and then amps up that anxiety just so that you're like, can barely breathe at points and all the while we have this very engaging narrative that is going on that we are just sucked in to each of these characters and it's a large ensemble cast now they do i think the show does a good job of whittling it down to kind of show us like here's a smattering of people that you that we're going to follow and then within there we then choose our own you know the ones that ooh, i'm going to root for them and i don't really like you keeping my eye on you and mm, you know so you have heroes villains anti-heroes and it's yeah so that was uh, you know, nine hours ish of binging, but truly once you start, it's really hard to not continue on going, especially because I don't know if it affected you the same way, but there's a couple episodes where it, they're going, going, going right at the climax, boom credits. And you're like, Oh my gosh, next episode right now. I don't even, I don't even have time to get up up and go for a week because i gotta figure out what's going on right now when we get to a quieter moment maybe i'll pause it but what um did you kind of have that same reaction did you how did that make you feel or the the whole show really yeah uh the first episode took me back because i expected it to be like the rest of the show is um but they really take their time with that first episode showing you some of the characters and um showing them showing us how life is really sucky you know the amount of debt that they're in uh seemingly most of the i guess that's what the story is about taking people that are very vulnerable that will say yes to this sort of game show even though they know uh well they eventually know that it's gonna you know be deadly it's worth a, a shot 
to try and get out of the life they're in. And so they take people from those walks of life. That first episode is showing us, or first couple really, with like kind of getting back into, mm-hmm. oh, this is what's happened. Or when they make the decision, you know, when it's their decision without going into massive spoilers yet. Yet. Yeah. So once I got <laughs> into, okay, this is what it is. Um, it, it reached my expectations of okay hunger games battle royale uh also i think it, you mentioned something about like the kids on an island um was that you oh, alice in borderland is that yeah. the one that you're thinking no no no, of? no. like an old oh. book uh where oh lord of the flies lord of the flies thank you <laughs> and i thought that was a really good comparison because there was that social experiment amongst the um the games that you you had and the people watching the the voyeuristic kind of nastiness of it there was that what happens when you leave adults who have no rules really uh they are just left up to their own devices and you see how like you you want them to be good but mostly they're not and and you're just like oh okay then (laughs) Uh, so i thought that was a really interesting take alongside we had a couple of storylines that i liked but if you're going to do them you've really got to do them well um, and so that took away from the story a little bit. Um, maybe they're leaving some for a possible second season, I, I guess. I, mm. I hope so. Oh. But I really enjoyed it. I, I, I was like you, I think with episode four and five, I had to watch back to back. There were, there were moments where there was, it felt like they were like mid, mid doing something and then just like it ended there. And you're like, what? Yeah, was it? Um, yeah, I think the first episode, even well, the first game, that might have ended on a, on a, a red light, green light, and you didn't do. It was like mid jump or something, and then they went mm-hmm. into the next. One. I was like, I, I, I gotta know now. There's no, there's no time for peeing. Yeah, <laughs> fun. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, um, for those of you watching, listening, um, spoiler warning. We have put our time codes um, for the video it, below. So if you have not seen this yet, you don't want to uh, be have some of the moments spoiled. Mm. Just go ahead and skip yeah. forward in the video and you're good to go. Um, okay. Disclaimer out of the way. So, <laughs> so many things to tackle here. Um, okay. So that side story, let's just do that. Because that one, I think that was really the one that bothered me the most because I liked, mm. I liked the addition of the detective searching, um, mm. you know, sneaking on into this game, infiltrating it, going around, doing all of that cloak and dagger to just to get through parts. And we know th- I thought that was really unique. Yeah, I thought so, too. And he um, I mean, he's he's not 100 um, percent above board, because even just what he does to get onto the ship, you know, that it's mm, a little bit of a I know. I was like, are you a detective? You murdered someone. See, I thought I thought he just knocked him out. And then, you know, and I expected as we see the body floating in the water and the ship (laughs) leaving, I expected to see some coughing, you know, and like Mm. the guy, you know, and get up and everything else. No, mm -hmm. dude's dead. So I I like that. And because I think some of that is that allows the show to introduce and to give us information, you know, on. Um, the larger story mm. of what's going on and what maybe some of the motivations are. It gets us to see behind the scenes in kind of a more natural way than just doing a cutaway, you know, to showing us behind the scenes. But 
when we get to that end where it reveals that um, the the front man is the brother of the detective. Mm. I had already guessed that. Oh, really? I'm glad. Yeah, okay. yeah, I did. I, I was I had paused it earlier in the, in the episode, or not the episode, like earlier in the show, and I told my wife, I bet that's him. You know, once I knew that he was searching for his um, a relative, hmm. you know, I didn't know exactly. I mean, I remember he goes into the the apartment room and uh, apartment room, the apartment, and uh, it was for his. You know, he was looking for his brother. His brother wasn't there, and so I was like, what? Just I don't know how it, the connection made it. Just it was a leap really for me and it turned out to be right but why why is he there you know what i mean and i i agree with you that i think okay so they if they hold that information back for maybe a second season uh to give us some more motivation and especially because of how the show ends with the games resuming and so now somebody else is the host so my guess is that the front man has become the host because he knows all of the inner workings and everything else. Or maybe he's just, he's going to do both. Who knows? But he, um, so maybe they do save some of that story to give us just a more rounded thing for a second season, but it's risky. Mm. What happens if they don't do a second season? You know, they've left the, this, this chunk of like, well, who are you? Why did you disappear? Why did you all of a sudden end up on the island doing these things and now you've shot your brother and he fell off the cliff could he survive yes because you only shot him in the shoulder that's still a really long fall to the, to the water below so it was interesting i don't know what, reading um, some of the comments um okay. in our I'll, reviews uh, a lot of people guessed the old guy which i didn't see coming at all i must have been really naive for, mm -hmm. in this one because i didn't see the brother and i didn't see oh. the old guy and when the old guy was the bad guy i was like no old dude I liked you. You were great. I was rooting for you. And now you're just a rich douchebag who was bored. Seriously? Uh, yeah. It... <laughs> no, no, carry on. What were you going to say? With... Go ahead. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I had guessed that one, too. And it was because it was when he takes, when they're sitting there for the first time, they show the back of the host, you know, and he has the, hel the mask on and he starts to take it off. There was something about his hands. And I paused it again. I told my wife, I was like, that's oh, the yeah. old dude. And then it made me think back to the marble <laughs> game where they mm. had panned away from when they shot him. Now, at that moment, I had thought, you know what? It's just a creative way to not show that they're killing an old dude on, on screen. Yeah. I mean, they haven't shied away from yeah. the violence thus far, but maybe they just, maybe that's a, a line they don't want to cross. This once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who knows? But then once I saw his hand, I was like, oh, I bet that's him. Now, again, they'll have to wait till the very end for any kind of confirmation. So, but that, I mean, knowing those, that didn't ruin it for me, you know? No, I was just, I was so surprised. I was like, what? Okay. So here's the thing. Uh, going back to the comments, a lot of people mm -hmm. think that the detective being the type of story it is, they think that he is alive, um, that he survived. He got shot in the shoulder. Um, and there was something about the comments, people seeing the guy in the reflection of a mirror. So they think he is alive, that he was there. I don't know where they picked that up, but I'm going to have to go back oh. and sift through a few going, oh, maybe he is. So bearing in mind, let, let's just say that the detective is alive. Um, then we get to the father, who's the biggest douchebag of all. I'm sorry. I know he's an anti-hero, but he gets to the airport 
and he's going to go see his daughter. He has all the money and he decides, no, I'm going to go hunt these douchebags, these, these bad guys. He could go buy himself a house, be right next to his daughter, give her all the chicken in the world, buy her a steak. But no, he decides not. So anyway, second season, I was just so disappointed in his character. I was like, seriously, have you learned nothing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I could totally see that. I see it also as a righteous pursuit. You know what I mean? Like he it's a revenge now. I think more so it's mm. a revenge story. You know that it could be, but yeah, I was I was disappointed when, um, but almost not unexpected. Like I was bummed that he didn't get on the plane because yes, just like you said, he's he's got this money. He finally can go see his daughter. He can um, maybe even you know establish this better relationship with her. You know, it's not necessarily based on money, but just now that he has the means to help contribute and to take care of. Um, but it also his the challenge that is thrown unintentionally or maybe intentionally by uh, the front man yeah. on the phone. You know what I mean? Like it's they, they have to know that this is going to trigger him to come back because, I mean, think back to episode two where or the end of episode one where the the cast, the the. um the players have voted to stop the game. And yeah. so they all leave and then they choose to come, you know, most of them choose to come back again. And that was not their free own free will. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, so now, I mean, it's twisted at the beginning because these people have signed up kind of in the dark. They don't know exactly what they've agreed to, to take part in. And so all of those people that died at the beginning, it's like, oh, that's tough, you know, because you you just walked into this and I'm sorry you you failed at red light, green light. But now mm -hmm. once you all walk away, when you come back, you know that the stakes are absolutely life and death, that there is, mm -hmm. you know, if you miss you make a misstep, you don't succeed in the game or finish it or whatever the quest is, you're dead. And so it. <clears throat> You get to really see, I think that forms a lot of the psyche of these players that we see, you know, these are, these are more of the desperate people overall than, um, than maybe the ones at the beginning. Yeah. Cause obviously some people did chose there, you know, a handful of them chose not to return. But <clears throat> yeah. So I have my theories on that as well. If you remember when the detective was looking uh, in the office and he finally found information about his brother you see a list of everybody that won uh that that won so we see the years of the, how long they've been holding this competition mm -hmm. and all the winners and i think his brother because he found his brother i think his brother had won like so they have the, the champions and i think that's why he's in a roundabout way that's why he became the host uh and i think this second season about getting him back our protagonist is all about getting a new host which could end up being imagine how nasty that would be but it would there's a nice completion circle there where if he somehow they get him to understand you need to be the host now to control it because it's dark but uh, it is dark <laughs> i like it <laughs> oh wow yeah no i i that okay so that theory right there that has me more excited to see a second season you know mm -hmm. i mean when it ended i was um 
Yeah. I was fine with, I mean, I was <laughs> irritated with his decision to not get on the <laughs> plane, but the series, I felt, you know, it wrapped up despite some of the holes, like, okay, I can, I can overlook some of those. I'm just going to enjoy what has been presented because it has given me some closure. But if they can develop, you know, kind of based on that, something like that, I'm, I'm down. That's a, that's a great theory. Can I just say red and blue, uh, that game, I never want to play it again. That that's, it was so nasty. Like I, I never expected um, just them to wipe out half the cast. I thought it was going to take a, a while longer than that, but first game, second episode, here we go done just everybody and it was so harsh you know they basically weren't moving but there's like a, a slight breeze of like uh, on their clothing moved and it was like <laughs> you're dead oh yeah like, oh. yeah and then hiding behind other people so you're using them everything Brilliant. everything that they made humans do just made them turn out being nasty for wanting to survive oh yeah. well and Okay, so then let's look at the marble game. Um, you know, when it right before they announced it, I was I I was like, oh my gosh, are they gonna like the pairing of yeah. them? I'm, I I saw that one coming. I was like, don't choose someone you like. This is gonna be nasty. Oh, so you it's saw whole farther about, off? Oh, I saw that one. It's that whole thing about uh, where assassins get given a dog and they get chosen uh taught to raise it and love it mm -hmm. and then your final test in like uh, nikita i think is like shoot that dog and you're like no i'm no i like i would fail like i oh totally yeah. hands down absolutely yeah. walk away <laughs> or i'd shoot the other people right <laughs> yeah. how many bullets have i got <laughs> exactly yeah yeah it, it see i didn't i didn't see it coming that far off especially like as they're choosing teams or anything else i didn't even think about that part of it it was only when they got the marbles right. at right before what's explained and i'm like oh but that becomes then treacherous yeah like the um the guy that jihoon gihoon i yeah i apologize yeah, i know he's talking about screwing up yeah. his name he um the guy that he holds up as like the smartest one, the, the cunning player, you know, the one of the one that he actually fights yeah. at the end. Um, so that guy and Ali, oh my gosh, that just the brutality of spirit to, to be that devious. Now, genius. Ali was my favorite character uh, until oh, he, then. Wasn't he great? I mean, he was, he, he, was, he was innocent like what yeah, a human exactly. yeah, yeah 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 and he was he was so like almost pure of heart like he was very kind very generous very giving and thankful and appreciative shouldn't have been there yeah yeah, yeah. He, oh my goodness and i the the two um the two girls i i had a feeling of what was going to come not only because as they were walking out you know and she had said you know i'll do whatever it takes to help you succeed but just as you hear more and more of her story and once she once she decided, you know, we're going to play one game, one round, you know, we'll wait till the yeah. end. I was like, okay, so you're going to be the one to sacrifice. Doesn't take away, though, from the emotionality of it, you know, that it's just like, ooh, wow. No, that hit pretty hard, that whole episode, really, because by then you're fully invested in some of those characters. And so then they just start picking them off. You're like, surely they won't, right? But then I don't know if you were thinking wait a minute, how many people are going to win this competition? There's only going to be one. This is totally Hunger Games and Battle Royale in that 
aspect. This is horrible. I don't want to like anybody. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Who do I? I don't want to root for people now. Because yeah. it's just, oh. Yeah, there was, I mean, it, as the show went along, and you, I mean, you, you get to see more and more of people's hearts. Mm. It starts you know, coming it, out, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And it, it actually managed to shock me at the end ish uh, before the final before squid game mm. when the three of them are in the um, in the room and the girl is bleeding and so the Yuhun goes to um, knock on the door and when he turns around and the other dude has slit her throat it's like yeah now we know that you're ruthless so that that I should have seen this coming but I didn't and I just it was I mean, it was one of those other, another gut punch. I'm like, oh my gosh, I liked her. Like, I figured she was going to die, but, oh man. I was still in denial. <laughs> I was hoping that, like, medical, this is part of, the, they can't have her die. She's part of the three, right? Exactly. You know, and that that's a great point because the, something that I appreciated about the show is that they, um, as messed up and as twisted as it is in the games that they play, there was a level of rules that they held yeah. everybody to. There was this, you know, that everybody has the equal chance. Okay, cool. So that's, I think that's a, that's a great premise to put things on because then if somebody steps out of line to tweak that, there are consequences for that. Well, as when the bridge explodes and they get hurt, she yeah. gets more hurt. So that is exactly that puts yeah. her at a disadvantage. And I felt that they I mean, I understand why they do it. But but really, if you're going to keep everything equal, you have after she has succeeded, you have caused a fatal wound. So you need to, as the game players or the game makers, you need to you need to fix this. You need to get her up so that she now has the equal chance to participate going forward. Yeah. And but but again, we we can't have that because we have to only have two going into the into the final game. And but you could see it because they showed us at the beginning of episode one these two kids playing Squid Game, and yeah. then we have that completion in the rain with these two kids Loved playing it. Squid Game, which is great. Um, I didn't see him stopping. I thought uh, enough. Um, I mean, I guess it's right. He'd finally had enough, but he was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. He stabbed at the stand. I was like, do you really forgive him? Your friend has gone really dark. He's murdered people, killed people. Like you would be fully within your right just to end it there and walk away with the money. And that would be it. Uh, but no, he's like trying to save his friend. And then his friend, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what was the point? I think, yeah. Well, you know, I think it gives him a redemption arc, Mm. though, too. You know, that that, it shows as, um, yeah, Mm. actually, yeah, you're right. Because as, as much as they have gone through and as, as, because both of them Mm. have been treacherous to their opponents. I mean, the marble game. That was the old dude testing him. He, the exactly yeah and that uh, another heartbreaking moment there but you know so both of them have have not been blameless in this they have not been like oh no i'm just you know i mean other people died around me but i didn't contribute to that no 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 you both have actively contributed to this to save your own self and so now when we get to this final thing he when he has that opportunity to end it to finish him he chooses no you know what i'm not going to 
um, even to even to not finish the game itself, mm-hmm. let alone stab the dude, you know? And I thought that's a good, that's at least a good character arc and a good character redemption moment there that he can go, okay, I get to retain a small piece of who I am, even though we know that this is all going to jack him up, you know, yeah. for the rest of his life. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I don't know where I sit with one in a second. I'd like a completion of the, the stories. If it's good, um, not for the sake of it, because people love this and it's gotten traction. Because it, you know, sometimes a series will get greenlit for another because it's done well, and then the writers go, "Crap, we only meant for the one. What do we do now?" And then they've got to rush something. I don't want that. Yeah. Mm. Totally agree. Yeah, I would. I would much prefer them to if they only had one season planned and they can't come up with something else don't come up with something yeah, else just leave it leave it as this is and yeah leave yeah. it as strong mm. like it was even with some of the flaws yeah so i think we've exhausted maybe i think we have yeah. this <laughs> okay what's uh what's on what's on your list uh i'm gonna talk a bit about dune um no spoilers okay um i will do a full review closer to because it's it's a few weeks away still and you haven't seen it so mm-hmm. i don't want to spoil anything Correct. for anybody um, <laughs> I had a press screening, which I was lucky enough to go to in London on the biggest IMAX uh, screen in the UK. And it was the, it's definitely the loudest cinema experience I've had. It's the loudest and the longest. <laughs> it's a long film. And it's not Return of the King long, but it felt long. So take that from what you will. I think it's going to... Okay. I think it's going to have mixed responses. I don't think it's going to be the five stars that everybody has been like th- that. I've seen it already. You know, there's been these special screenings and it's all coming out. Like this is, this is God's gift to cinema sort of uh, film. And everybody's going, mm-hmm. I think they're scared of saying anything negative as well, because it's Denis and he is a fantastic director and he has delivered us some exquisite films. Uh, he does do, and especially in this one, the pregnant pause. And this is what my friend and I, we were talking about afterwards. It's the looking off into the distance and doing that and holding that for a few seconds. Well, your background is, is, is there and you can do that maybe once or twice. But if it's a thing that you rely on to start telling your story, which he does because he's a very visual storyteller. So you take mm. very loud uh, score, th- um, cause it's Hans, uh, and, you know, you got the, the bombs and the wars and the, uh, the, 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 the spaceship sounds, um, was so loud. My chair was vibrating. Right. <laughs> so it was just like, Bwar! and I'm like, Whoa. you know, uh, if I had my hair undone, it'd probably be like, <laughs> uh, and so visually it, it's a ride, but there's a lot of pregnant pauses. There's a lot of stillness. There's a lot of story building. Yeah. Really, this feels like the intro into the story that he wants to tell. Um, there's a little bit of cheating going on as well. So like Zendaya on the um, poster, she's not in it for that long. Uh, and this is a three-hour film. Yeah, maybe 20 minutes, maybe. Really? Uh, it's really her next, the next film is what she, is going to be the next story. If they get to make it because they haven't even decided and they haven't even started filming it. There's, I think, might be a part two and three. And so we have an interesting storyline here because it's such a big book. And that's the reason why so many directors haven't or couldn't make it. So now we have the technology. We have the director with the vision. And I mean, the sets are incredible. Like your your jaw will drop. 
but there are moments that my my jaw go i go from whoa to this is pretentious to dang that's amazing to what am i watching to and i and, mm. and i just and i'm a huge fan of june i've read the books i've seen the original film i've watched the miniseries so like and denise like denise denise the dylan no, i'm not even gonna try and pronounce his surname uh yeah uh arrival is one of my all-time favorite films i think it's incredible <laughs> i like the pregnant stairs and the score because oh, it just yes. really works in this one because it's an established story you have some some things that he's trying to do and it's really is it's an origin story that i felt like you didn't need to tell that much of so it also expects you to know stuff so like because there's so much origin and lore there is like there's this languages and setup oh. so although they tell you basic stuff about the houses that are around and the people and the wars it also feels like you could be missing stuff like if you don't know anything about the world you could be like uh, what does that mean why are they doing that i get the nature of the suit and they're kind of telling me but how does that work it does feel like you're left with a lot of questions so on one end it's possibly the best visual ride you're going to have this year mm -hmm. probably like i could quite easily say this is going to win oscars but it also is a cake eaters film and what that is is middle class people who love art house films um is like probably 20 percent of your audience but the 80 percent is the people who love marvel and just want to ride and don't really you know need to think about something too much if there's a story that has some interesting take on it that is visually stunning and helps you escape life for you know two to three hours great that's mm -hmm. what most people are going you know a popcorn experience sometimes you want something a little bit more chewy sometimes you want art house it just depends on the mood you're in but i think for the majority after a hard week um people like marvel let's go and do that or escapism and so half of this film, I thought like, yeah, this is escapism. The other half, I was like, that's so beautiful to watch. But what, mm -hmm. why have 10 seconds of that person tearing, staring into space? Um, yeah, so it's a very interesting mix. I think you might love it, Chris, because I know you liked um, the, what's the dragon one uh, with Merlin? Uh, the dragon knight, the green knight. Oh, the green knight, yeah. Sorry. The yeah. green knight, <clears throat> yeah. So I managed to catch a screening of that. I didn't do a review and I didn't love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I expected to love it, but that's because it's very slow and it's drawn out. It really is. Stunning to look at, like incredible. I would say that is, it feels the same. Okay. Um, but at the same time, I don't think I've seen a bigger film, like in scope. I don't, I can't think of one. It's, it's biblical. So I think Ben-Hur meets Star Wars, uh, but with like an outrageous cast as well. Just like every single person you look at, sorry, every single person you look at, like, I know that person from that. They were this too. You know, it's, it's that. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Surprisingly, no, um, Brolin, Josh Brolin stole mm -hmm. the film for me. Really? Yeah. Okay. Every time he was on screen, I was like, dude, you rock. Anyway, so this leads us to the discussion we wanted to talk about. Um, yes. Scorsese, Christopher Nolan, and now Denise, they've all had a go at Marvel, saying Marvel are the, the the copy and paste. They don't do anything new or different. And I've talked a lot now, so I'm going to let you take the stage on this on this one. <laughs> well, okay. So my my first impression when I saw his tweet, um, 
this week, Denise tweet, it, um, and gosh, I should have pulled it up to be able to see, um, what it actually said. Let me do that so I can quote it. Um, because I think that was it. Um, it was actually the thing I saw, which is also what you sent me was it was Neil Blomkamp's response, um, to (laughs) something that, um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I'm not going to read his cause it was, um, uh, 90% uh, just expletive, but it, uh, Denis was quoted by fandom to say, there are too many Marvel movies that are nothing more than a cut and paste of others now. Okay. So initial reaction on that was that's kind of a smug statement coming from somebody who's readapting a book that's already been adapted for film. So that, um, excuse me, that, (laughs) that was my initial reaction. Um, I, I honestly, I don't get some of the pretension of just some of the filmmakers. Now, you know, you, you have your own vision, you have your own way of doing things and you have like rabid fans that follow you. And that goes Mm. for just about every director, you know, that they have this core of fans and then it reaches out from there that, you know, you attract more and more people, um, to lesser degrees as that, as that sphere expands. But why do you need to trash somebody else's vision of, uh, you know, of, of their plan just because it may not fit with the exact thing that you do? Cause I would argue that, um, some of, some of the most heart wrenching, uh, impactful, just s- visually stunning, um, engaging movies have been Marvel movies. I mean, not all of them, not all of them are outstanding and not all of them just it, as a complete whole. Like if you take one movie and you're like, well, that one, even as I love that as entertainment and even some of the filmmaking, but I could pick apart, you know, if I were to get in really fine tune, you know, fine details and stuff, I'd be like, okay, well, that's, that's not as good or that, that was wanting here and stuff, but you can still take you know, take portions of it and then take the piece as a whole, because Mm. I can also do that with, with other things, even like the green Knight. you know, you, I can go in and I could say, well, okay, him walking or riding his horse for three minutes with nothing happening. That's visually, um, brave to do, you know, in a film where, you know, there's no dialogue, Mm. stuff like that. Um, but I think you also run the risk of losing your audience there, you know? So there's a, the point is we can nitpick about all kinds of stuff, but I don't understand why, why a director, uh, a filmmaker even would, would choose to bash on just something that the audience feels is fun. Now, especially like <laughs> this popped into my head just now, if we take Dune specifically, this is a sci-fi epic. So it's based, it's fiction. It's, it's based on somebody's imagination. And so you've had this grand vision of it and you're doing that and that's outstanding. Whether it is a plus spectacular or it, it, you know, flounder somewhere, or it's just utter poo, whatever you've taken your vision and you've, you've gone after it and you've attacked it. Marvel are like sci-fi movies, you know, that 
the same thing. They've taken a they've taken a premise, they've taken some source material, which were comic books, and they've flushed them out in their own vision, and they've made something that appeals, you know, maybe more to the masses. But I think, hey, you know what? If you look at oh, Dune, yeah. the expectation and the anticipation for Dune is like right at the top. I mean, these you have Denis fanboys, you have sci-fi fanboys, you have I mean, this is it. There are so many different types of people, I think, that are anticipating this that, that it, it kind of disgusts me. Like, I, I do at, at the initial outset, I, I agreed with Neil Blomkamp's tweet. Like, dude, that's you, what? Why are you trashing this? Because it's just entertainment, also, at the end of the day. And let's, <laughs> let's really be clear right. here. This is not a yeah. documentary that is bettering the world because you're bringing new information to light that is changing somebody's life. You are providing escape, like you said, for a few hours to let us tr be transported into some other realm that invites our imagination. We are being told a story and we are being enveloped by that world and the characters and it allows us to forget about our own life and reality for that set period of time. That's it. You're, you're a filmmaker. Okay. And, <laughs> and I'm not knocking him because, Hey, I sit behind a camera, you know, and I talk about movies. I'm not saving the world either. I am not, you know, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not operating on people. I'm not coming up with cures for diseases. None of these things, you know, I'm not <laughs> farming for, you know, sustainable stuff. It, so, so don't, I don't want anybody to hear that. Oh, well, Chris is up on his high horse and he feels that he's, you know, better or something. No, that's not it at all. I, I, I'm a YouTube idiot. That's what, that's what, that's what I am. So, but it just, it, you know, I don't think let's not forget what these people are and what they do, you know, that they, they create from they create entertainment. They've taken a story, whether it's original or not, somebody else's, they've adapted it and they've created their vision for it so let everybody just go for that and and keep your pretension to yourself to be like you know what i'm gonna trash on these well guess what these also make a crap ton of mm -hmm. money and they satisfy a really large amount of people's interest and their escapism so now you're just pooing on their escapism you know and i wh why would you do that because these are also some of your potential fans um a friend of mine who's in radio says uh, he thinks it could be a PR stunt. And the reason why he's saying that is because if he heard from the grapevine that the Scorsese tweet that tweeted out Marvel's kind of rubbish um, was a PR stunt. And look at the response that had, because now everybody's talking about Scorsese and he had films made. And, you know, so he's now talking about them. I question that logic because... Denis was probably in my top three directors. Uh, and I'm not saying that's changed, but my thinking of him as a person, of somebody that would write that about somebody else's creative work, uh, that irks me. So that definitely drops a level. And there must be others. Now, if you think about how passionate Star Wars fans are or Marvel fans are, uh, Disney fans are, and you yes. kind of poo on what they love. And I mean... I wear my heart to my sleep when it comes to Marvel. They're not the greatest films, but if you think about who else has taken 10 years and like 22 films and crafted 
an amazing story that kind of makes sense you know it's incredible it's an incredible piece of cinema if you take it as a whole uh never mind just like some of the storylines or some of the even avant-garde uh the creative processes that some of the films have had from Doctor Strange to Marvel, like different time periods, costume design, huge actors, like the biggest triple A star actors wanting to be in the films, you know, mm. it's bonkers. And to poo on that, just, I don't know when that's a smart idea, like how it, what if you're listening to your pr agent if it is a pr son i think that's a really dumb idea because you could take a large majority of people that were on your side really eager and it's there's this weird balancing act with marketing as well sometimes they spend as much on marketing for the film or more than the film cost right uh, to try and get it out there because you need to get it in people's eyeballs butts on seats that it's that's what mm -hmm. it's down at the end of the day the shareholders need to get their money back from what they've invested and if you take that perception of your film in one tweet and people just go, I was going to see it, but there's another film that I was thinking I'm going to see. I only have this amount of money. Maybe I'll just wait till it comes on HBO Max and just watch it like that. Or down the line, I might see it when it's streaming. I'll give it a couple of years. You might not even get your second film. You know, if you drop perception and suddenly it changes, you have a few people talking on podcasts and videos that yep. were upset as about, and then suddenly you have your sharing that goes out to the masses around the world. And people are like, actually, yeah, that's nonsense. You are a director of film. You should be going, I love Marvel. Or is it that he actually hasn't seen them because he's saying something that seems weird? Like, I don't think what he's saying is actually accurate. There might be a couple that have a similar premise, a similar uh, platform. Mm. But if you go and study each of those films, I guarantee you, you'll find really creative moments, camera uses, some great dialogue, incredible acting in moments. I think about the Hulk and his whole storyline. Like sometimes the comedy is as hard to do as action. And you think the pacing and timing of that, like, come on, man, that, that, that I was just like, what? That is bonkers. That's a really weird thing for you to say. But now it's been Scorsese. If you think about the directors that have said it as well, Scorsese, Nolan, and um, now Denis, you do wonder, like, you guys do do amazing visual stories, but it can come across as pretentious. You don't want to be known as, oh, those are those, those are the directors that said stuff about Marvel. Uh, and they're like, oh, look at my film. It's the greatest thing. I can pick your films apart. It's quite easy. Every single film. No film is perfect. Bar Back to the Future. There's no... <laughs> <laughs> or Never Ending Story. Oh, I tree you. you. <laughs> so funny that we both said that. <laughs> that. That's totally unplanned. That was... Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> My next bit would be, Artax, you're sinking. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh. Rant over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that was um <clears throat> Yeah. All yeah, right. It leaves, it leaves a bit of taste in your mouth, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I see I mean I it's interesting uh, one, one last thought on just the publicity angle. I mean, you know, there is that saying there's no no such thing as bad publicity because it, it gets you talk it gets your name out there in front of I mean whether we're talking about it. Yeah. A, that's exactly it. Yeah. And so I think it really depends on how it weathers the storm and where that conversation goes. Mm. Um, you know, I, I'm still excited to see the movie. Oh, I think you're going to love um, it. Like, I still want to see it again. So like, I, the more I think about it, 
the more I go, yeah, that was incredible. That bit, you know, like there are moments in films you're like, damn, I want to see that on this at the cinema again. Yeah. Like that was incredible. Blew my mind. Um, nice. When you're watching the film, try not to think of it as Star Wars, though, because it could quite easily be Star Wars. <laughs> like a really <laughs> art house version of Star Wars. Have you seen the original okay. film? I I don't I have not seen the entirety okay. of it. I think I've seen a portion of it, but that was yeah, yeah. years and years old, and yeah. years ago. But there I, are moments when in my head I was just like, You're just doing the force now. What come on? <laughs> Cause they, they they're that one race that use their voices to control people that's like in the original in the book and yeah, so mm-hmm. I was like Just need lightsabers now. <laughs> <laughs> well so okay, so I'll take your suggestion. Should I, or your recommendation, you know, should I sit down and, and mm. watch the original for completion? No, before just seeing, go in. No, because just if go it's in, fresh in your mind, you'll be expecting okay. further in the story. You'll be oh, comparing, I'll be comparing it. comparing it too much. I, I wouldn't. I purposely left it. Yeah. Like, I, And even then, I still had, okay. what about this bit? Yeah, what about that bit? Uh, but you got to remember, it's based on the book and mm. not the movies. Uh, so, um, I, Correct, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, he's not making a remake. Yeah. It he's, is spectacular. He's doing a new and I think adaptation. People that love scores and soundtracks afterwards are going to be like, I need to own this. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's incredible. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. You I said think it was Hans Zimmer, three right? Three score albums okay. for this one. So, the. Well, it's a long movie. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three hours worth of uh, score. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, we talked okay. enough about Dune and stuff. <laughs> right on. Um, let's see. I I saw a movie that only is in. I think it's only in limited release right now. Mm-hmm. It came out at TIFF earlier in the week, maybe or last week, something like that. But it's The Eyes of Tammy Faye that stars Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield. Great cast. And I don't I've never know, even heard of it. Are you you're totally have? Are you familiar with Tammy Faye and no. Jim Baker? Do you know mm-hmm. who they are? Okay, they are they. Well, Tammy Faye was, Jim Baker is, was, he's still alive. She's not. Um, But they were televangelists in um, 70s and 80s. And they, I mean, crazy popular. They became very wealthy. How did I not Um, hear them? From the Bible Belt sort of area. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, yeah. Just when um, TV evangelists were Mm. hitting it, you know, you had the 700 Club, which actually was... Uh, still going now isn't uh, it jim baker's thing i think it yeah. i think it is yeah um you know and you had some you had some other things that were going on um that were just beginning to break out and uh their story is that th- it's really f- tammy Faye's story now tammy Faye, if you ever look up like images of her or anything else as time went on she became very um iconic in her appearance because of her makeup that oh, she really? wore. I mean, she had big, vibrant um, eyeshadow, these uh, really thick, mascara-laden uh, eyelashes, you know, lit, um, just some very shiny or bright, um, bold lipstick sometimes. Um, I mean, her eyes, really, that was the thing, that it was just like... Oh, wow. They were kind yeah, of... I can see. They're not like, you know, dusty eyes or whatever. They, I mean, it, yes, or smoky eyes. They, Anyway, she had a she had a very iconic look and so it was it was very recognizable. Now, she became in real life more of a punchline 
than anything that the world just looked at her and they saw their appearance and right. then she became the butt of a joke. This movie, Jessica Chastain disappeared into the role. Really? Oh my goodness. Oh, like if she is not nominated for um, the best actress in every awards <laughs> show that comes out for this role, then she is massively robbed. Now, I don't know if she's going to win because I, you know, we don't know what else, who else is going to be there and what else she'd be up against, but she absolutely disappeared into her character. She became um, just, even if you're not familiar with who Tammy mm -hmm. Faye was, which I'm not massively by any means, she, she embodied just this character and she became, she took a character, like I said, that was a punchline and she made her very sympathetic and she made her, um, and again, that goes back to the writing as well, but you can have all the great writing you want. And if an actor can't pull it off and bring in, make us feel empathy and compassion for that character, then it's just not going to work. She totally did. And it works. Um, you have Andrew, Gar Andrew Garfield as her husband, as Jim Baker. And he is, he was also playing, I mean, just a perfect role too. He, he didn't disappear fully like she did for me, but together they worked really well. I mean, you, there is dysfunction in there. There is hurt. There is manipulation. And Tammy Faye is not blameless as it goes through. Now, I think probably the biggest complaint that people may have with this uh -huh. is that the movie itself is not really an expose. Uh, okay. Um, they both, um, <clears throat> the Bakers were, um, they had their, their network taken away from them. Jim went to jail. Uh, Tammy Faye, you know, had, I, I don't know if she, she had restitution or something to pay. Just, they were mismanaging funds yeah, left well, and right. Most evangelists do, don't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially when it gets into just this crazy amount of money Ugh. and, you know, crazy just amount. rolling in and stuff. Yeah. And so, so the, it, it shows some of that. It doesn't, it, it just doesn't dive into detail. And I think maybe if people th go in believing or, or expecting a searing look at who Tammy Faye was, that's not what you're getting in there. Right. We're getting really a human story and that she is the center of. And while they don't whitewash her to say, oh, well, nothing, she didn't ever do anything bad. They don't go into every nook and cranny of any of their lives or then even the other televangelists um, or evangelists that are shown in the movie. They don't who later on we find out maybe have had sketchy, you know, sketchy goings mm -hmm. on also. They don't go into any of that. So it's, it's it really is more of just showing us who this person is and showing us that, well, you you may have grown up or saw this person, but you didn't know about this side mm -hmm. necessarily. And so if you only have this impression that you saw visually and as that uh, that butt of the joke, then we would like to present something new to you for your consideration. And it it worked really well. Uh, the I was actually I was really surprised, truly at, at this because I didn't it wasn't one that I was like, yes, I'm so excited to go see. Um, I just can't wait. Even though I really, really like Jessica Chastain, I really yeah, like incredible. Andrew Garfield's yeah. stuff. Yeah, she she really is, and she. Oh gosh. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so it if you get a chance to see it, 
it is a good movie to see. It is. It feels a little long. I think it's it's a little over two hours. Um, but they. It would be hard to figure out. Okay, where do you cut some of this? I mean, you could probably trim seconds here and here that add up over the course of it. You know, to make it a little mm-hmm. shorter. But I was thinking, like, were there scenes? that I would just remove because maybe they weren't doing something. But I think every time that I would go to like, well, what if I took this out? It, it worked to build re- and reinforce the character mm. that she's crafting, you know, so that it, it really, this is showing a different facet or this is showing at this moment, her, her heartbreak and her breakdown internally and her struggle that she's having dealing with everything that's going around, which then shapes some of these other decisions. And so if you cut this out, these decisions don't make sense. And so <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have to edit this film. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, eyes of Tammy Faye, if you get a chance to see it, um, I'd be curious what you think of it, especially because you would be going in completely blind of who. Yeah who she is you know and having no frame of reference for her. but it'll be interesting having that history like i do with my parents being you know my dad being a pastor like i have all that um yeah i know there's been evangelists at times when my dad would just watch and like what kind of pastor has a runway and a jet like that money should all be going to the people and the poor and actually doing what christians are supposed to do and he just gets angry and switches it off and he's like yeah "Yeah, that makes sense so yeah i think it sounds really interesting that's a tiff is it it was yeah it was at tiff it uh, it's in in the in the u.s it's in limited release right now in theaters um or maybe it's yeah, and I think it's going wide very soon if it hasn't already. Okay. Um, Be interesting yeah. to see who picks it up here in the UK. Um, okay, so as we're running long, we've been gabbering on for 52 minutes. I'll choose one more thing from my list to talk about, okay. which I think we can both talk about. Uh, so if I do this. Oh, wait a minute. Let me. I had something in front of you on okay. the screen. If okay. I do this. What does that remind you of? I, I, I don't know. I, when I, when I see that, I think airplane. Um, right. I'm trying to do, um, Nicholas Cage, uh, let's ride, let's ride. Cause oh. it's one of his favorite moments from, um, uh, not fast and furious. What was it? Uh, his car movie gone in 60 seconds. Yes. That's the one. He's like, let's ride <laughs> the latest Nicholas Cage experience. Let's call it, let's call it an experience. Yes. So you've yes. seen this, right? I did. Uh, Prisoners of the Ghostland. Mm. Yeah, I saw it at Sundance earlier in the year. Um, yeah. Did you just see it? I just saw it. It just came out for okay. streaming uh, in the UK, at least. And uh, yeah, I loved this and I hated it. <laughs> um, I feel like I feel like that a lot when I'm watching Nicolas Cage films. Uh, of late like recently there's been a whole cornucopia he did a um lovecraftian film recently the the color of blind oh color out of space color out of space yeah i loved that and i hated it i was just like (laughs) what was happening please hurry up and then oh my gosh this is happening cool what is that thing and then i'm bored now and then oh my god my gosh that's pretty much how i feel like this um to explain to those who haven't seen it Nicholas Cage wears a suit that can explode and he has to rescue a girl 
I guess that's about the plot in a post-apocalyptic futuristic ninja town sort of with the most outlandish costume sets designs that you're likely to see if you've seen a Nicolas Cage film that is way out there like Willy's Wonderland and you give them that director this script and give them LSD that's probably what this film is yeah it um so it had this time out of space um feel to it because you have like they have this like samurai town type of thing that where you know the sheriff sheriff mayor whatever he is i mean everybody dresses like it was in the the 50s maybe yeah um yet it's not i mean there's modern technology it's just mobile phones yeah yeah it's very it's very discombobulating there um his his suit while different in concept really reminded me of escape from new york Mm, okay so the premise because you know um snake plissken has that thing put in the back of his head which is then also reminds me of suicide squad but yeah that i don't want to get down on you know too many tangents (laughs) there (laughs) yeah exactly but so um you know he's sent in to rescue somebody with a time limit and and dire consequences if he gets out now this for me it's 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 interesting that we're now seeing prisoners of the ghost land after we've seen pig, you know, mm. pig has come out yeah. and pig is a brilliant film. And I, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. This one though, I agree with you. I loved it and I hated it. And it wasn't even like Nicholas Cage. There were moments I think that he went kind of that full, full Nicholas Cage know, crazy never Nick go Cage full Nick Cage yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly but but mostly not you know and he it I'm not sure how I feel yet overall on the entire movie <laughs> I have to read through a lot of my notes that I had taken when I watched it at Sundance but um you know the set design was unique ish um some of it I think really worked some of it did feel again like it's just we're in this semi post-apocalyptic you know near future thing and but in the near future we've gotten rid of some of our um some of our modern conveniences and decided to go back back to you know older cars or whatever it's just if you pull i mean don't even think about trying to pull it apart it doesn't (laughs) doesn't work at all the storyline doesn't make sense either when he's seeing visions of somebody and a thing that happens on a bus and then it didn't really happen and but then it did happen because they can never escape that place because of the thing that doesn't really Mm -hmm. exist i'm like and they're holding time still but they can't let time go because it's going to explode i mean seriously (laughs) you 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 can't analyze it because you're just like yeah this doesn't make sense however there were a couple of action sequences that were actually pretty good in the samurai town there were two one at the beginning one at the end and nick cage himself there was some choreography there that i was like this is actually pretty good what am i watching it's gone from really cheesy generic weird fubar film like in the 80s that we used to get to decent choreographed action sequences maybe they weren't even decent maybe i was just surprised that like oh this is something good in this movie uh, you know but it looked like people they they had uh, great samurais like hordes of guys with their swords and flying about and there were like movements and attacks and like great uh, executions there was one with like somebody had a lamp on their head and the the other samurai like slit his throat and that went tsh- 
you know they just had fun with the blood packs but then they were also like talking about blood packs <laughs> someone being shot three times but you would so there, there was a delay and i don't know if you know like how fast bullets fly but like quick there was this gunshot it was like bang it was bang and then it was splat bang splat bang splat but it would be you could just totally see it, it was just like there's too much of a delay there like it, it just needs to be bang splat <laughs> or, or just almost immediate they were like three meters away why why is there a delay uh yeah there was so much of that uh the white texan dude mayor guy yes like there was literal over-the-top acting but on purpose it felt very theater i, I agree yeah they they were playing like caricatures mm. of other people it was weird that yeah. Uh, yeah what about i looked at my notes uh rat man Ratman's great, but I don't know what he is. Like, why is, is he, he junkyard chic? <laughs> <Is, laughs> exactly. How does he know how to build everything out of anything? Uh, how can he make all cars run in like the nick of time suddenly, and and then strip them, and they happen to have oil and petrol and to keep things running? And, and I often didn't understand what he was saying because he was speaking in such a high voice. It's like, what are you? Are you the guy from Police Academy? Like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, this movie, I think, overall was just uneven for me. You know, there are there are these great over the top things. And then there are other ports where I was just like, mm, I don't know. I'm not really not really digging this right now. And then, oh, hey, look, that was fun. Oh, mm, no, exactly that. Yeah. We actually watched in two parts because we got to a point where like enough so, and then we came back and finished it. Uh, it took us watching a few episodes of Midnight Mass to uh, get, kind of get the taste out of our. Mm. So do you want to talk about that briefly? Like, a, a, OK, let's we, we a taste a taste taste it because the embargo is not lifted so we're not going to do any kind of review on this but yes no, just the, no review just a little taste just a, if you were tweeting out what would you say um bonkers uh a religious horror that enthralls me and yet i'm still not sure where it's going i have a caveat i have one episode left so <laughs> so okay. um how about you I have three episodes i have three episodes left um visually scary even at times when it doesn't seem like it should be scary there's a there's a there's a presence when it gets to the thing that the thing is about i was a little bit disappointed is that because you saw it coming but like yeah i don't know I expected because it's so bearing down and then when they show you what it is i'm like huh okay maybe it's not yeah. maybe it's going to be different because i'm still three episodes i still have three episodes there it does get more bonkers uh, okay. it does get more All insane right. so i'll tell cool. you that i still don't know though the end game right like in that that i think is where my hesitation is for this is that i just don't know at at the spot where i'm viewing which i'm almost done is you know like i yeah i don't know the why yet let's hope um, that they wrap it up and, in, the, in the night it could be his best work because it is incredible it, yeah. it really is it is um and like i said religious horror 
the the amount of religious imagery and more so imagery mm. from words that comes yeah. into play in this is um you know so <laughs> yeah it, it'll be interesting for both of us actually just from yeah. our own backgrounds you know to, to talk about this uh, but then also like to see how how audiences feel about that especially if they have a religious background you know that i could totally see people being upset absolutely yeah. absolutely it's um it is it's engaging it's um okay before i i think so let's talk about yeah let's talk about mike flanagan because yes i've said before like i don't like horror but mike flanagan is my favorite director so that really okay it's that yeah like it used to be Ridley Scott, and then the, he's done some stuff that I just wasn't massive about. Um, Neil Blomkamp is like my top uh, sci-fi director. I just I love his work. I love everything he does, uh, especially his YouTube stuff of late. Made amazing. Mm. Uh, but Mike Flanagan, uh, I think the only film that I've not been able to watch because it was too creepy for me was the Oja board or the Ouija board one. Oh yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, but Gerald's Game, like. <sighs> Man, uh, he filmed that in 16 weeks on a very small budget. And he went to Stephen King and said, I've been carrying around your short story in my bag for like 25 years. I said, I need to make this. And Stephen King went, okay, let me see your other work. And he went, all right. And so they filmed it in 16 weeks. And you have just an incredibly tense film that I was just blown away by. I think it was the story. It's like, how have you taken this short story and created that? And ever since then, I've been just watching his uh, what he's done with you know with Netflix, the t the TV series, the House on the oh, Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Hill House, and then Bly Manor, Blimey, which wasn't yes. as scary but as incredible. Yes. Uh, and then my favorite. I know people are going to hate me for this, but I prefer the sequel. Uh, I don't like The Shining. Like I'm not a huge fan of The Shining film. Oh, you like you like Doctor Sleep better? I do. I like especially okay. the director's cut, and I prefer Stephen King's book. Uh, of The Shining to the film. I, I wasn't a huge fan oh, of Kubrick's, it. Okay. Kubrick's tale of it. I mean, I don't mind it, and there are sequences that are, are you know, just terrifying. Wrong. Yeah, just like, <laughs> no. But at the same time, I, I just thought Dr. Sleep was incredible. Like, I was like, this dude, he can tell a story. He can get you there, man. So I'm very excited. What do you think about uh, Mr. Mike? Um, okay, so I haven't seen all of his work, uh, and I think... I think I saw The Haunting of Hill House before I saw Gerald's Game. Okay, interesting. And yeah, and I was, I don't know why I didn't see Gerald's Game mm. really when it had come out. I just didn't. And so I re really, I think I only saw it within the last year and a half or two years. Oh. Uh, time because of 2020 has been kind of blurry a little mm. bit. So um, that might be, I may have seen it in 2019. I don't really know. But it um i was blown away by that the the tautness mm. and the the suspense that was built up and i loved just the the setting that he creates in that you know just oh and then i mean truly the haunting of hill house blew me away and i loved yeah, was i loved his use of subtle horror you know that mm. you have these things in the background that is truly that blink and you miss it and it, yeah. you know nothing that that is scarier than jump scares oh absolutely there was there were multiple times where we're watching and i'm like you know and nobody else reacts 
action. I'm like, did you not see that? And they're like, yeah. what? I missed it. And so I would rewound it and they're like, oh, that's not right. You know? and so these types of things. And then, you know, uh, Bly Manor, different mm-hmm. story. I think some people, I think it, it didn't resonate with people as much because I think they were expecting a sequel mm. to The Haunting of Hill House. And they're not. They're totally different stories, yeah. totally different approach, different. You know, I, I didn't think that it was as scary either or as terrifying or frightening. It was still wonderfully done, though. Yeah. Like I was engaged in it and just loved it. Um, and I, too, I, I really enjoyed Dr. Sleep. Um, I had read the book. Okay. And um, which uh, I'm trying to remember how closely it's been a while since I've read the book and seen the movie. So uh, I don't remember. I know there were some differences in there you know as it has to be just for time and everything but i thought it was a fairly um faithful adaptation of it uh i i enjoyed uh the movie Mm. a lot and so he i think his just his his ability to to craft some of these horrors that aren't your slasher type thing you know that are more of the uh, psychological they bring that psychological element into it and then sometimes they also interweave in mm. the supernatural and just the whole the whole thing creates a very atmospheric horror for us and i think that's you know and that's also what what is created in midnight mass is that we have just this atmosphere that is being yeah crafted around this story and we're drawn into it and then as reveals come whether you see them or not you know coming beforehand um it doesn't take away yeah. from that disturbingness and that ooh that that's not <laughs> he's the right. type of director that i will <laughs> when i'm watching something of his i will push my chair back and just breathe a sigh of relief because i just i know that i'm in for something good like it, like the the first few minutes of Midnight Mass, I was just like, "Yeah, this is going to be good." Just on the setting and the way it's filmed, I was like, oh, "Okay, I'm in. I'm sold. I'm there." Yeah, very much looking forward to talking about Midnight Mass uh, on this and our reviews and spoilers. Oh, is it next week? Next week. week? Next week, yeah, this coming, uh, coming Friday. The um, it's out. I don't have a calendar. I think the embargo might be tomorrow. Actually, oh Monday. It's uh. Yeah. Monday. Yeah. So it mm. is. Um, yeah. This one, I think, is going to be on a lot of people's anticipated list. I, I'm not sure, though, how much marketing yet has come out for it. Um, I haven't seen very many, mm. if any, trailers, maybe one. I hope nobody does spoilers. Ruins it before. Yeah. Cause I think it, it can totally be ruined. Like one of my friends saying that he's dead. Uh, when he came came out of signs, uh, <laughs> so wrong. Yeah, I was uh, diehard, diehard too. I was told who the traitor was uh, before I even got to see it. I'm like, dang it, you uh, suck. Seriously? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah. so yeah, no, it's a, which is why I hate spoilers. So unless we give massive warnings, yeah, I really hope that. And I think uh, you know, I'm staying away from anybody's anything yeah. until mm. until I finish that last episode. And then I'm able to to craft my my own review there but yeah absolutely outstanding cool well hey welcome to the extended audio version of the best thing we watched this week i'm chris with movies and munchies and with me is ruben from the ruby tuesday every week 
every Sunday. We have new podcasts coming to you on Spotify and probably some other platforms as well. But hey, listen to us on Spotify. Uh, this week, we have a little bit of news and um, one or two shows that we watched that didn't make it into our video portion of this. So let's just dive in. Ruben, why don't you uh, why don't you kick us yeah, off? Yeah, cool. Um, so crazily, Netflix greenlit two He-Man animated sh- series in the same year uh, <laughs> within a month apart. And if that wasn't a dumb idea, I don't know what is. And to 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 further cement it, this has been this whole controversy with He-Man uh, revelations with Kevin Smith and the fans just dislike that into oblivion. I really do feel sorry for Kevin Smith because he he said one thing out of context about him not liking He-Man, um, and then later on Netflix does this you know press write up for him where he loves he-man and so fans take that and go oh you said it wasn't going to be about tyler and now this is a woke series just giving you context for what's going on why fans didn't like it and this is you know you've uh spoilers uh spoilers yeah so stuff has happened to he-man twice in the first five episodes and they really dislike that i think they did themselves a disservice by not releasing all 10 episodes and so now we have He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, a new animated series pitched at kids. It's kind of a reimagining rebirth because it goes right back to where uh, He-Man is a kid. Uh, He-Man's not He-Man. He's Adam. He's Prince Adam. He's lost his memory. Um, He's been raised by Mm. a friend and a tiger like we see Beast, 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 Cat, Cat, Beast. Yes. The cat, uh, the cat has no claws, which is great. It is this whole thing. Cat is my favorite character. They released all ten episodes, and I have to say, I enjoyed this much more than I did Revelations. And I think here's the reason why: not because Revelations isn't good, because I thought the animation is by far better than this one, because this one's as a kid, so it's got a different look. It's done by the animation studios that did um, uh, Gilmero del Toro's uh, Troll Hunters, so it has that sort of shape and look to it uh but this one knows what it is it's meant to be fun for kids and if you you were a kid watching he-man or any of the 80s cartoons x-men whatever in the 80s it was just silliness and it was fun sometimes Mm -hmm. it got really serious the very few like transformers had a really deep like if you watch the transformers 80s movie most men cry at that film at some point uh but this was fun so it didn't take itself too seriously although i have to say there are character transformations in this which feel like you're watching a power rangers movie you know when they're they're powering up and the the power rangers get their armor and i am the pink ranger and they say whatever and they they get all their stuff on this happens repeatedly when because he-man is not alone the power is shared in this is a big part of the story i'm sure you've seen the the trailers they each share the, the the power and so they each have Today, by the power of mm. grayscale and then they start transforming and that happens every time they transform and that can get tedious um however when you see the bad guys transform for the first time <laughs> i was like this is a pg dang because there were some really dark moments in the transformation there's one character that bursts out of his body like a like he's wearing a skin suit um and it just comes out and he's like transformed oh. and i'm like holy crap man this has gone from pg to just horror oh, yeah. i was like some kid is just wetting his pants right now do you like <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> so that that took me by surprise. However, Skeletor in this is brilliant. So fun. Uh, just obviously the actor that was voicing him just had a lot of fun. And I can't wait for the second season. So with the controversy of Revelations, most of my comments have been really positive on this lot from adults as well, which is interesting. That's a shock. <laughs> yeah, there are definitely those few that are still going this is work or oh, it's all about the girls again that just come on board because they want to hate on something because mm. they like to hate stuff fine sure. you, you do you you know you're entitled to your opinion it doesn't mean you are right i think the world <laughs> exactly. has forgotten that uh, i'm entitled to my opinion but it doesn't mean i'm right so now that i've upset a few people uh <laughs> the he-man was actually really fun it's really good in a way it doesn't it doesn't take off its audience and it it it's going to bring a new audience together so i think fans could like our generation could watch with their kids if you have young kids and enjoy this but it is funny to me that a lot of my comments are from like people are like i'm 30 and i love this i'm 40 and i love this and i was like huh okay so maybe this was their backup from kevin smith and they weren't sure because it does like why would you green light too that that is a very odd decision from a from a marketing and from a business standpoint yeah so maybe they did mm. maybe they, they did have an inkling of that um i know that that you were uh the recipient of many downvotes um on youtube <laughs> as uh mine was just obliterated uh with downvotes yeah, it was, it was yeah. and and austin's as well yeah it uh, well and it's <laughs> it's so funny because I mean, fine, you know, okay, you you didn't like that. I am, I think a lot of it, we were, we were given one bit of information, you know, to say that Kevin Smith absolutely loved this series as a kid and he wanted to, you know, just make, redo it with the same, the same passion, um, but, but updating it as well. It's for adults. Yeah. So that's where he was, he was going from that kind of perspective. Yeah exactly you know and so to include that which golly i shouldn't have done but um <laughs> you know it i still stand by i enjoyed the show mm. because it was i didn't go in with any agenda i didn't go in um i approached it like i do anything else you know is this going to be entertaining is it going to be well written is it going to have me um engaged are we going to have some deep characters you know some moments there that maybe cause some emotion or some you know anger or whatever you want to do just you approach it like any other piece of entertainment that we're going to review mm -hmm. and so i hey you know what i'm impressed by this so i'm not holding it up to the 80s standard which really i don't think i would want to because i think that a lot of that you know the 80s it's it's good nostalgia but it's also a little yeah. cringy and so i don't know if we need to you know really I don't want it to go that way. I would like to maintain it. So it, when I saw, when I saw that Netflix was releasing this new version, um, I saw the, you know, I saw some screenshots of it and I was like, well, that, that's an interesting take just from a visual standpoint, because you're right. It, it, uh, it does look very similar to what I've seen with troll hunters and, um, which is not a bad thing by any means. I, I, I like I like that they did that. I like that they took that um, that kind of creative stance with it and d decided to go in that direction. Uh, I am excited to hear that it's that it's fun. Mm. 
that it's just a you know it's a good time and also that it's resonating with with people who are not just young kids or even older people older you know us um <laughs> you know in our 40s that that may have young kids which i don't have young kids so i would not be would not be in that so it would be me as a 40 something year old watching this and am i going to be entertained by it and to hear the comments you know that hey you know what i'm in my 30s i'm in my 40s i'm i'm liking this all right this was a lot of fun this was refreshing that gives me hope and so i would you know i probably will now at some point check this out whereas i am I will probably finish Revelations if we actually get the final five episodes mm. of season one. Um, but I'm much less excited to check that one out yeah. only because I know of the the mindset that is going into it, you know, that that people are approaching that one. So it makes me much less hesitant to be like, yeah, I hey, want to yeah. check this out. And then I really want to, I want to talk about this. Cause I enjoy all the hate that comes the comments from, and uh, from the comments. comments switched off. And, you know, just like, I, I, I don't I'm, no, <laughs> no more. Exactly. Do I want to do this to myself? Do I, what about if I just don't read the comments, you know? Okay, fine. Uh, but yeah, it's, oh, that's cool. I'm glad that this one is a, um, is in is enjoyable visually great and i'm also intrigued to check out the transformations by the uh, by the villains to see what what that is how yeah yeah you definitely it's definitely worth just and skeletor nice. alone i thought it was fantastic really nice. fun yeah yeah so it's just easy to watch uh, and it didn't take itself too seriously which is i think what you needed for he-man series well, well yeah <laughs> i mean that's yeah that it should be entertaining it should be fun you should have some laughs maybe a little conflict in there you know if it's a if oh. it's a gear a show geared maybe at least with kids in mind you know have some kind of morality play within there some lesson to be learned so that it's not just mindless drivel the entire time at least give them you know let's let's shape a mind here or there with a with a virtue ideally because if you think about you know back to the old ones you know whether it was gi joe transformers um he-man there was some type of virtuous thing that they were trying to impart in some small way in each episode so yeah yeah so you have some news for us yes um okay are you a fan of the bbc series luther with idris elba Yes. Okay. I, full disclosure, I have a massive, massive, massive man crush on Idris Elba. Um, <laughs> this Fair dude, <laughs> I, I, I love him, which also affects sometimes my, my enjoyment of, of shows or movies. Like I, <laughs> I really liked the dark tower. No, I didn't read the I, book. So I, actually I, like, which, I actually like the dark tower. Yeah. <gasps> Did did you really? Uh, yeah, I, I've seen it like three or four times. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I really. Like I thought it. I was like the only one because no, just my got son and I like it as well. Every... No, everybody trashes it. Yeah, uh, and I've <laughs> also I've read the books. So. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, so I had fun with it, and 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 even more so because it was Idris Elba. Idris, now, yeah. Yes. Neil Cross, who is the writer, the creator of Luther, mm -hmm. um, had announced. And maybe, and then um, Idris Elba confirmed it. But Netflix is making a feature film of Luther that stars Idris Elba. And then it also now brings in Cynthia Erivo and Andy Serkis oh. to the cast. 
asked. So Andy's going to be the and bad now guy. Now it's a standalone movie. Uh, he mm. might be. He might be. Um, I, now, I was not as thrilled with series mm. five of the show as I was. I haven't even seen five. I've seen up to four. Okay. Yeah. So mm. it it had a different tone. Did it finish? It, it did. Well, it it did. It finished, and then it had a um, possibly could continue on a little oh, okay. bit. You know. Yeah. Um, but it, it had a the the whole tone of the show was different, um, right? And so that's I think that was really what affected me more than anything. Is that was we, it still BBC doing it or did Netflix pick it up? No, this was BBC as well. Okay. And so yeah, it just and, and I mean Neil Cross was was involved in the story. The whole so it was the still the crew. Yeah, it, it okay. was still the crew there. It just it the way they presented it um, was different mm. um and maybe it was because they had in mind that we're going to end the show that nah, we're going to end the series yeah. and so we're going to we're going to shift you know because a lot of the time within the series they have we have a a larger story that's playing out in the background mm. that luther is involved with yeah. and then what takes the foreground for the majority of the episodes in that series are the the various crimes that he's investigating and then you know and so the the backstory interweaves throughout and it's that personal journey yeah. and just all of the drama that goes in well this one in series 5 it flips and so really it's more of the back, what normally is the backstory has taken the predominance oh. and then the the case which lasts over, I think, the four mm. episodes mm. is relegated kind of towards the back. Oh. And the, the, didn't the feel overall right. tone, it just, it didn't, yeah, there was, there was a noticeable difference, especially um, as a massive fan of the show. Yeah. I think that's really where to, you know, because I watch, I watch um, start to finish several times a year just because well, I really, really enjoy it. And so I can. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, and so I can because I can also have it playing, mm. and I don't have to watch it necessarily. So if I'm doing something else um, where I need to be working or I need to be focusing on something else, I can have it playing in the background mm. and know what's going on because it's playing in my head, you know, and it's just reinforced by the audio there. And so now with this, I don't know when it's coming out. My guess is probably late 2022, probably. maybe early 2023. Mm. Um, I am, I'm supposed to, I'm trying my best to keep my, <laughs> my excitement and my expectations at a manageable yeah. level. But when, when you're a massive fan of the show and of the character, it's really hard for me to be like, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, you know, <laughs> like Buddy the Elf at Christmas time there. What would you be like if you met him? Because it is a possibility in our lives now, considering press screeners for like features he's coming up with Netflix. And they're like, well, we're doing a, a live press screening for this film. And uh, he's going to be there. Realistically knowing myself. Um, and then also because of just my, my uh, long background in radio and meeting people, um, I would downplay my excitement a lot right. um, <clears throat> to yeah. not come across as a weirdo. Um, I would, <laughs> right. I would express yeah, that yeah, yeah. I really enjoy his work and that I'm, you know, that I, I, I can't wait to see more of what he does. So that's what you want to do. Would that be what, what happens? That's what I would do. 
Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What I want to do is probably go up and run up and give the man a hug and say, oh, my gosh, I I can't believe I'm meeting you. This is outstanding. I've loved your work. And I'm just, you know, gushing (laughs) all over it and embarrassing myself, whereas I would be a little bit more restrained if I could shake his hand, ask if I could get a picture with him. Um you know, which make might make me pee just a little bit there because it would just be out of excitement and stuff. And it, you know, I've met celebrities before, mm. um, and they're all normal people yeah, that's for the human. most part. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And most of them are really it's cool. And especially job. you treat them. <laughs> exactly. You treat them with respect. Um, then they treat you with respect and that's really all it is, you know, and I, and I wouldn't want to weird somebody out <laughs> by being just overly gaga by, you know what I mean? Because that I, I would feel weird if somebody did that to me, even if I were in their position, yeah. like, you know, you'd be like, oh, I don't really know how to take this um, or security. Can you come and get this weirdo off mm. me? Um, so I'd want to, you know, respect his boundaries, respect, you know, just say, let him know that I appreciate his work and then move on and squeal, <laughs> you know, out of earshot like i can't believe i just met him that was awesome i was just gonna say so going from idris to bond is quite a nice uh tie-in for us because bond's finally coming out um yes i'm thinking i'll be seeing it soon hopefully but that is the last one there's been these videos around a last one with this particular uh, actor daniel craig and there's been these videos online mm-hmm. where he's saying goodbye to and just how much he loved the character and how much he loves his cast and crew which is excellent it's a great way to finish it but now once again we go into the realms of who is going to be the next bond and Idris elba has been up there for quite a few years although i think he himself says well how would that work because like if if um a lot of the stuff is shot in london or i go to scotland i'm like the only black guy in a sea of white people it'd be easy to spot this spy um which he laughs about and jokes about which i think is hilarious i do think he could put it off i think he could be quite suave but who would be your like top people if you had to and do you think it's time for a female bond i do actually Uh, i really do and i thought um at at one point it's been a while since i've seen specter but even with um skyfall which is uh, brilliant by the way love skyfall um that money penny might become bond oh yeah Mm. but seeing the trailers for the for no time to die it i think there was one where he actually addresses that there is another double o agent and um she the female and i think now i don't know anything about her i don't know what the character is or anything else but i do think that would be like an awesome twist to be yeah 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 to become the new double o seven um because you th- you think about it that well, I can hear I mean there's going to be a oh, ton of, of pushback because you can't uh, make a, you can't make James such Bond a woman generation. shut up no. yeah what who if she's awesome then have her do it I mean because and really here's the thing too if we look at the character mm. of Bond he's a trash person uh, he sleeps he around he sleeps around yeah he doesn't call him back he's just he, yeah he's not a good he, guy he, he yeah, he's a hired assassin. That's all he is, you know. So, wh- wh- why can't we have a hired female assassin that that's awesome and gets to drive around cool cars and do fun stuff? And so, I think, I mean, I, 
I don't see any issue as I hit my microphone there. I don't see any issue with that because we have had so many different iterations of actors playing Bond. Yeah. You know, and up until this point, they've all been white men. Hmm. And I'm ready for let's bring on something different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just see what they what they can do to it, because it it's not. I think you would get away from Bond, James Bond, to I'm 007. And that becomes the new persona. Yeah. And I think maybe, I mean, if you look at like even the the trailers, uh, excuse me, the marketing collateral, a lot of the time it's 007. Yeah. It's that, that iconic logo that they have created. That's the brand. It's 007. Now, James Bond is the person who embodies 007, but really... That's just a designation for yeah. that agent. And so who has that status? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think it, you could quite easily yeah. move it not to James Bond, but to 007 and then call it, you know, you only die three times. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I know I don't have, I don't have anybody that pops into my, my mind necessarily. Do, do you, who would you, who that you would like to see? Uh, Michelle Yeoh, I would love her to do. I think she would be incredible, but I don't know if the world is ready for that because it's female and not, you know, it, it, it's, she is very Americanized though. So I, maybe. True. My, the thing that worries me, I think, is because she's on the older side. Yeah, that's true. But and Daniel so Craig isn't get, young. No, he's not. And he wasn't when but, he started. But see, again... No, but he had a, I don't think he's as, I don't think he's as old as she is. Oh, and I'm not trying to do that from, from an ageism standpoint. It's more of, would we have the longevity yeah, we have for the next of eight years, three or four yeah. movies? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I would want to see her. I, I don't want a yeah. one-off. That's what I, I don't want. I want, let's establish and get us a couple of good care, you know, get us an actor who can sustain for a couple of movies there and couple meaning three or four, uh, you know, so, but she, I would love someone with her presence. Well, she, I would love to see her if she could do it longevity wise, then, mm -hmm. I mean, she is, she's brilliant. And to include maybe some of that, the martial arts fighting with in there, oh, yeah. that would, oh, that'd be so great. That'd be a lot of fun. It's great. Yeah. Um, she was great in the TV series Nikita, uh, don't know if you ever watched that. Oh, I didn't see that. No. Mm -mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah, she, she was incredible. Outstanding. Well, that, that would be. Yeah. Would well, be... let us know if you're listening still. Thank you. Uh, give us your top five actors or actresses um, that you would like to be Bond or yeah. 007 how... even. Exactly. How would they, how do they contact us? That's a good. That's a good way. Uh, tweet us. Okay. Uh, at either of, at Chris at Movie the Munchies or at the Reaper Tuesday. There you go. Yeah, I think yes. that would work. Yes, we, that's great. Yeah, I would love to hear. Love to hear you who think is would be a good replacement for Craig mm. as Bond or 007. Let's go with 007, not as Bond, yeah, but as 007. Because that works more. Yeah, I think that's Absolutely. It's kind of like what they've done with Doctor Who. You know, we, we now have a female Doctor Who. So mm. it, although the writing hasn't been great. Uh, see, I, I'm still, I, I watch it occasionally, mm. um, because like, I love, I love what Matt Smith has mm. done. I haven't seen past Matt mm. Smith. Um, but David Tennant wrecked me for, yeah. um, for, for sure. Dr. Me Who. too. That, he's, he's my favorite. Yeah. 
that he's my favorite and and the uh, the episodes with mm. rose like just they heartbreaking yeah. just great writing destroy me oh so so good oh yep. my goodness anyway uh <laughs> i think he was the best thing about jessica jones actually in season one yeah it was incredible oh i didn't see that series either ah. but i did i did hear that he was in it mm. and i like i like him a lot like i don't know if you saw um good omens yes. on amazon mm. um i saw most of it and i <laughs> well him and michael sheen together are just the the two play off each other so well but david tennant is just i love him i mean i've loved him in a lot of the stuff that i've seen and he plays some dark does, things yeah. also and he does it really well so yeah, great great actor yeah uh, so what else have you got for us? Uh, let's see. I think I got one more. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think we can both talk about this one. Um, Night Books that came out on Netflix hmm. earlier this week. It's a um, family-ish horror movie and that's based on a grim fairy tale. And it's uh it's slightly darker i think than i had expected it to be uh it's um we follow this kid who is tr becomes trapped by a witch in an apartment who must write a new scary story every night in order to stay alive and the witch has some um some very high expectations <laughs> for what what is a good story and what cannot be included in the story and speaking of jessica jones it is play the witch is played by Kristen ritter yeah and i i had a lot of fun with this movie i was actually it it really did catch me off guard at how engaged i became with it you know from the the special and the practical effects to just uh the dark and the quirkiness of it um even the friendship values that were in there, you know, from the, in the character arcs of our, of our characters. I just, I, I appreciated a lot of it. And I think, um, okay, I'll stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> what did you um, think? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I know it's based on a bunch of books, I believe. Um, and there's more to come if that's to be believed. So there's an ending. Um, but it looks like, like you could guess that what they could do with more uh the world is ripe it mm -hmm. was it's a it was a weird mix because it was scarier in places than i was expecting it to be before its age demographic and then it was exactly mm -hmm. right as it was supposed to be for its age demographic like it got really silly and then i was like holy crap that creature is really scary and then i was like oh this is stupid and then i was like oh okay you're gonna do that cool 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 <laughs> Yeah, yeah, much darker, much darker yeah. at at points than than you expect. And more, yep. I mean, th maybe even scarier, you know, or at least I, yeah, it made me wonder as, um, how much do I recommend this, or what kind of caveat do I put to it when when you know recommending this because it I could see it giving some children nightmares. You know? For sure. It's yeah. nightmare fuel, for for sure. Especially with the storytelling time. Um, there were moments the way that was told and the repercussions of not having mm. a good story. You know, there's stuff there that make kids' minds go, but yeah, I like stories and now you've kind of ruined it for me. Uh, 
And Kristen Richer, although she plays it over the top and it can take you a little bit of getting used to her character, I think once you settle into what she's trying to do with it, she comes across as, as great. Like a, a witch from one of those really witch... Uh, I'm trying to think of a, a, a comparison... Uh, Hocus Pocus yes. would be a, a close, that kind of over-the-top sort of witch. Still scary when it needs to be, or when she... I like her kind of... There's like a switch in her mind. She's like, oh, you're kids, and then like, oh, you've done this, and now you can see my power. I'm going to hold you up by your throats with magic, and you know, I'm just going to mm-hmm. kill you. Or look at what happened to those other kids, you know. <laughs> And you're like, holy crap, they're, are they alive? They're alive. Okay, cool. There are moments like that. I was like, that, imagine a, a young kid understanding that those kids have been miniaturized and now are alive for eternity because they didn't tell a good story or didn't have anything good to bring to her. Yeah, yeah nightmare fuel for sure. <laughs> darkness, darkness. Well, and I loved the, um, I wish they would have done it more, but when Alex, the main character tells his stories, it goes into this, um, mm. the visual aesthetics of how they illustrate what he's, um, what he's telling. I thought was really good because, you know, it was kind of desaturated, but then you have like these dark and deep red backgrounds yeah. and then they would, um, they would drop frames from the characters or from the, you know, just the scene itself. And so you have these jerky movements and, fe- you know, that feel like they speed up and slow down at times. And it just, it creates a very unsettling effect. Um, and it, and it adds that just that visual layer of darkness and creepiness to a story that's already fairly dark, you know, as, as he's telling it and, and, you know, and then crafting it to be more dark than maybe he wanted it to be because he knows mm. the repercussions. If the, the witch yeah. doesn't like what he's written. Um, so the director did Brightburn as well. And that was kind of his, his take on oh. the Superman story, which was very dark. Uh, so you can kind of see, Yes. At times he, f- he's forgetting that he's doing a kids film and it's like, let's just do this. And somehow they've managed to keep it in, which is great. Cause as an adult, you're like, well, I wasn't expecting it. I mean, that creature, I mean, it must be in the books, but that, that stalker creature that you have to stand on the eggs. Sorry, we're getting to spoiler territory here. Uh, yes, the little slashes, oh, the, like the you have to stand on them thing. to stop. Yeah. It's like very alien <laughs> reminiscence. And they're just popping out and you're like, holy crap. And then yes. one with like this, the skeleton skull face with the, it's like, oh dear. Okay. That, that, yes. that's creepy. Yeah. Cause it, 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 it combines, um, spiders with razor sharp claws and yeah. a very gruesome and terrifying face just the the yeah, whole package is yeah. like <laughs> loves it I... um yeah i thought the intro was really scary as well until <laughs> you know it's like the witch but this whole thing about them being pulled in the corridors the the the, the lighting was all like proper horror i was like gosh what is this is this is pg um yeah mm-hmm. I, I just thought wow okay you're gonna have to <laughs> For parents, for like a Halloween movie, you definitely need to vet it uh, first, I think, depending like if if you're going on the level of, oh, this is going to be this like Hocus Pocus. No, this is scarier than that. Um, Do you remember the film with the house with a clock in its walls? Uh, Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that was directed by mm-hmm. Eli Roth, who is a f- famous mm-hmm. horror director. And there were moments in that where that was pretty creepy. The one with Jack Black yes. and Kate Blanchett. Yes. Uh, I would say that this film is scarier than that one. Agreed. Uh, yeah, so it definitely is like, a, you need a caveat. <laughs> <laughs> Fun, though. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Do you have any other... Uh... Um, Do you remember the Will Smith film about fairies and fantasy things called bright yes and i'm sorry if i'm about to offend you i hated that netflix movie (laughs) (laughs) did you didn't like it so it was based on a comic that they brought to life and it had obviously the a modern telling of yeah you have will smith and you had uh one of the other actors i really like joel edgerton yes i really like him Mm -hmm. and uh yeah a lot of people like yourself didn't like it i didn't mind it uh, but that's getting an anime film uh, set in really? the samurai time by Netflix. So that was just announced this week. Uh, yeah, so it's samurais um, trying to get a wand to the fairies to stop a war of some kind. Um, so wrap your head around that one. Fantasy, samurai, anime. It could be much better than what we got well, and I think, you know, when I think back to why I didn't like the movie is because I don't mm. think that it gave enough explanation in a lot of different things. Like uh, to the law. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot going on. It threw yeah. us in and it expected us to kind of just fall in line with it. And mm. I can see from a social commentary standpoint, it was addressing some um, some good topics. I just don't yeah. think from a lore standpoint and from a, an actual storytelling aspect that it, for me, it didn't, you know, some things were going on and some things are happening and I'm like, well, why, what is, mm. what is this or what, what makes this so greater? Okay. I see that you want this, but why do you want this? And you know, like all of mm. those dots weren't necessarily there or were spaced too far apart. And so despite me liking how they were building the world. I thought that was unique. Um, I liked the actors a lot. Um, I mean, Will Smith and Joel Edgerton together. Yeah. Um, they, they were that oil and water. Yeah. Mm. Just, you know, that tension that existed between them, um, was, was good. I didn't understand all of it. Mm. Um, you know why? Because again, didn't have a lot of character development in there, but this, this new anime series, or is it a film or is it a series? I think it's a film. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm willing to give it a shot, um, <laughs> you know, because I think it, it, the samurai aspect, you know, transporting it to do a different time period hmm. um, could be a lot of fun. And I think they can do a lot more in an animated arena than they can do in real life just from a cost standpoint. We saw that with you The know? Witcher, right? The reason the anime, what they could do in that was incredible. Exactly. Yeah, uh, but you'll also be really happy to know then that they're doing a sequel with Will Smith, uh, live action. Yeah, uh, uh, bright. Yeah, are they are going to call it dim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, burn! <laughs> <laughs> well, who? Okay, who's directing it? Because and this is not to trash on him, but David Ayer, I believe, directed um, the first Bright, and, and who also Suicide did the Squad. original Suicide yeah. Squad. And um, the poor man just, I don't know if it was the story or. Did he do Fantastic Four as well? 
Yeah. <laughs> but I just, I, I'm curious at who's going to do the sequel for this then. And I don't know of a name, but I know Will Smith's still attached okay. to it. So he's still coming back for his role and Joel as well, I believe. So. Okay. I'll, I'll watch. Yeah. Um, I, I, I honestly am not terribly excited <laughs> by this concept you know i would much uh, i am i am excited for the anime uh did they give an idea of when it's coming out it's in production now so i presume okay. next year sometime i i'm of the belief that bright should have been a tv series because it reminded me a lot of an early an old was it 80s 90s earth final conflict or something like that the v the, yeah, the yeah, final conflict. Yeah, it's, 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 it lends itself to that kind of world where we're living in amongst fantasy creatures or aliens and that's just every everyday life. And yeah. so if there's a lot of lore to explore, then you need a lot of time for that. You, yeah, and I think that's what it was missing because they, uh, what, Amazon did an original fairy uh, kind of carnival. Carnival role. And so there was mm -hmm. much more carnival time role, yeah. given to that, a uh, mm -hmm. lot of budget as well. But yeah. I think it could have been better if it was a, a series. I, I I agree. Yeah, I think I think what was missing, you know, is that that storytelling of the 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 development of the story itself of all the characters and have they given it a series, even if they chose to do it as a limited series, you know, a single mm. season, but really to tell that and take the time to build out all of these characters in the world for us, then I think it does become something that wow, I'm. I'm invested. I'm engaged in this, and it may have seen a a better um, mm. return, you know. Um, but yeah, okay. Well, yeah, well, I guess we'll see. We will see. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Um, do you have anything um, else on your list, or is there anything coming up this week that maybe you're looking forward to checking out? Um, I mean, obviously, Midnight Mass. Uh, embargo yes. and it, it comes out on the friday everybody should be watching that because that looks f yeah yes. don't need to go back into yes. that it's just definitely worth it you need to watch it watch it people um Absolutely. did you ever watch an animated series called final space or did you hear about it no that doesn't sound familiar at all okay so it's it's on Netflix in the UK. It's Adult Swim and HBO in the US. And my sons and I fell in love with it when um, it first came out, just because it was such a unique story in that it really made us hate the main character. Like he was just selfish and, but really, really funny. Um, and then you fall, fall in love with him and then tragic stuff happens to him. And it's all set. It's, it's, it's like a deep lore, lots going on, but a, a love story about friendship and just relationships, but all set in the grand adventure of space. Um, and yeah, so that got a first season, but it, it's really struggled. Uh, to find an audience and then it did, but then TBS uh, had issues with it. That's the, were those are the guys who originally were uh, creating it and then um oh. it got picked mm -hmm. up by adult swim and then we had COVID, and then adult swim got bought completely by hbo or warner and uh, so it's had two networks crossovers and in between that time it's managed to do three seasons 
Uh, oh, wow. but now but now it's finishing and there's just been this video from the creator on youtube and he's just basically pouring his heart out loving on the fans saying thank you so much but also basically in tears the whole time because he was just starting with his story and it was just really getting really good i think the last time we saw our characters that were fighting in space like cthulhu creatures and oh, wow. yeah it was just massive and really intense and just they're I, I don't remember being so emotionally engaged with animated uh, um, animated characters for a long time. But there's a moment that our son, my sons and I always talk about it. Like that moment with that character, like, it, it hurts here, man. Like I feel it now. And yeah, like that, that will stay with me. So such great character definition. Uh, uh, if you get time and you like some animation, I guarantee you watch the first episode and you'll be hooked that'll be it so there's a complete story of three seasons but there's going to be some stories storylines that won't be completed because we're not getting any more uh so, so it's a happy and sad story oh so there's not a fourth season coming it just no. it, it ends out no that's it it's oh, cancelled yeah okay i understand he's that was his message saying goodbye and sorry oh. to the fans yeah yeah that's too bad that's um that it it kind of you know fell as a victim to you know conglomeration and covid yeah yeah that is too bad especially because he has a vision and then even for the fans to not have a story that's completed i mean you know you you always hope that a show will even if it's being canceled that they'll have the opportunity yeah do like a feature or something like just to finish finish out those storylines yeah and maybe, maybe he will, you know, I mean, the, the internet is a crazy thing that the power of the people, yeah. um, to influence, you know, I mean, we've seen, um, what's that one with, uh, Kristen Bell, uh, Veronica yeah. Mars, you know, self-funded through a GoFundMe, got a, got a, a movie, yeah. uh, made so that they could revisit it one last time. I mean, we had a, and then um, the miniseries came fire, the miniseries. Said so the, the Veronica Mars oh. film, and then they had like they they came back for another miniseries. Oh, see, okay, I didn't even know about that. Well, and then you have um, was it Firefly? Serenity, had, uh, yeah. Serenity, you... yeah, the movie. Never heard of that one. <laughs> With... I like the way you're saying that. What's a Firefly? <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm trying, I wasn't sure if that's what it was called. Like I didn't see the series. I did watch Serenity, which, um, wait, you haven't I seen like, Firefly? I haven't seen Firefly, but I've seen, oh, um, I've seen Friendship Serenity over, Chris. and Friendship. Oh, dang it. Oh. <laughs> dang it. Because, you know, I, it was funny because like I was enjoying the movie, mm. but I knew I was missing a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and I really love, uh, Alan Tudyk, Tudyk, however you say his last name. Um, Nathan Fillion. I mean, the whole cast, I was just, was like, oh my gosh, this is a brilliant cast. And why? Why didn't it continue on? Maybe it was a case of Fox. It's all Fox's fault. See, and I think maybe too soon. You know Mm. what I mean? Like ahead of its time for sure. Exactly. Yeah. That it was just, it was, it was too visionary, too ahead of its time for what it was trying to accomplish. And, you know, had it been done nowadays, (laughs) I I, I couldn't say if it would work or not. Well, there's been shows like it, like The Expanse. um, That's done really well. Yes. Uh, but Lucifer as well, you know, that got canceled twice and now we've just had <laughs> the sixth season finish the story. 
on, on Netflix. On well, Netflix. and see, and that's that's something also that maybe Netflix Ooh. would pick uh, would pick Final Space up because even like uh, I think back to Longmire, mm. that was this um, this show uh, that takes place in um, Wyoming that has um, Katie Sackhoff in it mm. from Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Uh, she and one of the agents, funny enough, from um, The Matrix. Oh wow! Uh, he's he's he actually is the lead <laughs> role, uh, but. It was canceled after several years on like TBS or TNT or something like that, some cable network. And Netflix picked up the final uh, season, you know, to allow it to. Yeah, they do that a lot, yeah. actually. So what... uh, Top Boy here in the UK, there was a Top Boy series that BBC originated. And yeah, they picked it up for a new season. Okay. So, this, yeah, this is not unheard of. So I think maybe, mm. you know, if there is enough buzz, if there's enough, you know, clamor and commotion, um, and really it shows that, you know, it has to come from the fans. It has to be like, hey, we really want yeah. this. And then when they do that, you know, some of the networks or, you know, even Netflix, who is investing a ton, um, you know, to get people to either first visit the platform or to be retained on the platform, you know, mm. and I, I think this one might be a harder stretch just because if if Warner owns the rights to the if first three seasons. they own the rights, yeah, and yeah. they say no, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Do you remember a series called Jericho? Jericho. I did not series? watch it, but I do remember it, yes. Yeah, so that was a similar thing. It got one season fans just loved the premise and the story, mm. and uh, it was canceled. And then they got together and did this, there's this, running joke about nuts inside the series uh walnuts i think and they bought a truck full of uh, nuts and they sent it to the network and saying we're, <gasps> we're not going to stop like and so they they got a second season to finish off the story uh it didn't get more than that what? but they still yeah amazing what creative creative bullying yeah, yeah. <laughs> not really bullying but it's, it's just it's that 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 shows the fandom yeah. right there of, of that that they you know they take something the quirky and um <laughs> obscure maybe in there that only the fans would really Absolutely, know about yeah. and <laughs> to deliver a message in that way that's that's outstanding and then you see it pay off so oh that, that's great. cool yeah. it's really good all right. Um, I think the only thing I, I've got two that I'm looking forward to this week is um, one is Dear Evan Hansen um, musical that's based on a okay. Broadway play um, coming out with Ben Platt uh, revising his role that he had done on there. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I think it's it's going to be one mm -hmm. of those that wrecks you that you have to have okay. uh, a lot of tissues yeah. on hand. Um, and then a movie movie, I think, called Intrusion coming out this week on Netflix. Mm. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah about. I yeah, I haven't. I've purposely not watched any trailers or anything. I'm just going to go in blind. Mm. Um, but okay. the just even the the poster had me intrigued, and I don't know if it's like a murder mystery or if it's just dark or if it's some kind of thriller. But whatever it is, it the poster did enough to be like, hey, this might be something that you enjoy. You should watch. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> looking forward to checking that one out. There's um, a couple of things coming on Netflix next week, is it? Uh, the Guilty. When does that come out? The first uh, October first. Okay. Yep. Jake so, Gyllenhaal. Yeah, and no one gets out alive. Looks great. Yes. Psychological thriller. Um, and I'm looking forward to a new. It's the new season in an anime called Bucky Summer, which is it. 
it basically has no storyline bucky not bucky summer <laughs> bucky hanma it's a bunch of guys the craziest strongest anime characters you can imagine barely human from all different martial arts types uh from like supermax prisons to you know you name it and it's it's always like the the mafia's best or something like that and they they come together for like a blood sport sort of competition to see who's strongest and they'll fight anyway and it's absolutely ridiculous but it's just balls to the wall action like it's non-stop it is it's relentless uh well at least the first couple of seasons was the third one went awry the the third one had ali's son you know ali uh muhammad ali oh. son as a as a boxer oh wow and, uh, there was a weird storyline and people were like what is this um yeah but that's coming out so fingers crossed it's good again <laughs> nice make anime good again <laughs> um and i know I, I don't know how far this is out. Oh, no, fairly soon. The Chestnut Man. I'm really looking forward to this one. Oh, yes. Dark, gritty, suspense. Uh, yes. German. Uh, from Neil Gaiman, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so it should be a little twisted. Yes, yeah. I am. Ah, uh, yes. Trying to tamper my excitement for it. <laughs> Keep my expectations at a manageable level. Um but I'm, I am expecting twisty, turny, dark, and mysterious. So, Will you be reviewing... Um, I did a review for it this week, but it doesn't come out until Friday, I think. The Starling? Yes, The Starling. I, I will, yes. I watched it um, uh, this this last week Right. also. Um, okay. Yeah, I will be reviewing it. Um, suffice to say, it surprised me in a good way. Oh. Great. That that I um, yeah yeah yeah, and and I I will say that Melissa McCarthy needs to stay away from comedies. Yeah. That she needs to go into the dramas where they allow her to still be funny. Yeah. That exactly she that. she is, I believe that she is a naturally funny person, and when she is not trying to be ridiculous, she is really really good. Um, we've been watching Nine Perfect Strangers. Yeah. And um, she, I love her yep. in this. She's great. You know? She's great. She in really that. is. And uh, she just. I mean, she's stayed. acting against people like uh, Nicole Kidman, and she's often the best thing on, on, on that scene. She's great. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 She, I mean, she, she brings in the, the level of emotion that is believable and and touching mm -hmm. and just you can connect with it both in the starling and in um nine perfect strangers you know yeah absolutely yeah she needs to stick 100 percent needs to stick to those dramas that allows her comedy yes. moments not at the expense of the film and i think she's just been given scripts and stuff that are just nonsense where she gets paid well great but it's not doing her career any justice i think I completely agree. There's, I mean, because in the Starling, she has some very, very funny moments. Yeah. And she gets to do some physical humor, too. Yeah. yeah. And it it all worked. And yeah. it all made me chuckle or laugh. Yeah. And yet, she is grounded at not being a ridiculous person. She mm -hmm. is a very relatable and just um, touching performance. And so that, yeah. That, I, yeah. I want her to stick in that yeah, because yeah, she too. will yeah. 
she will continue to uh, be in endear me. In, in, in endear by her. I don't know. In, endearing. Yes. Something. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, love it. Yeah. So that yeah that is coming out uh, this Friday. I know it was in limited release in mm. theaters um, this week, and I'll yeah I'll be doing uh, my review at some nice. point um, before the. Great. Before the show comes out. Cool. Yeah. I think I, th- those are all my words for the week. I don't want to use any more. Agreed. I've spoken a lot. Yes. All right. So with that, we will use a few final words to <laughs> say thank you so much for, for tuning in, for listening to us um, on the best thing we watched this week, the extended edition. Uh, we do enjoy bringing you this this extra helping um, at the end with some exclusive audio. And just know that, hey, every week, you know, a new episode like today has dropped um, on Sundays yeah, on, on Sundays. Spotify. Mm-hmm. And um, we hope that you continue to listen to us and uh, tune in. If you ever want to see what we look like, if you're only wa- <laughs> listening on the podcast and you ever get a get a hinkling, inkling, hankering, whatever. If you ever <laughs> want to just check out who are these two weirdos that I've been listening to, you can find us both on YouTube. Ruben with the Ruby tuesday at the ruby tuesday and me chris with movies and munchies need to make sure i enunciate well so it's not movies and (laughs) monkeys and you know we would love to have you you can tweet at us the ruby tuesday movies munchies um i'm very sporadic on twitter so if it takes me a little bit to get back to you please do not take (laughs) any offense um it is not personal and um Hey, thanks so much again for for listening, for giving us your ears, and we truly appreciate it, and we'll talk to you next week. Yep. Take care. Bye.